Good morning, good morning, my brothers and sisters. Good morning. We greet you in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. We thank you for gathering with us this morning in worship. We have come to worship the Lord, who is great and greatly to be praised. Amen, amen. Listen, tell your neighbors, let your friends, let your family know that you are joining in with us right here at K Chapel. Let them know that you want them to worship with you, because this is the day that the Lord has made. We're doing it together. We're rejoicing together. We're worshiping together, and we're glad about it. You know what I say every Sunday morning, put your coffee down, lift your hands up and let's worship the Lord because he is a great God and greatly to be praised. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, if you love the Lord this morning, you come to the right place. Anybody love the Lord? Anybody really love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind? That's what the Bible tells us, that we ought to love the Lord. We ought not be ashamed to tell the Lord that we love him. And right now, we want to enter into some worship we want to enter into some intimacy with God and just love on the Lord for a while. And let's tell the Lord, Lord, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you. Hallelujah.
Good morning, Kate Chapel. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Today's scripture will be taken from King James Version of Mark 16, verses 19 through 20. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And when they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord worked with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Let us pray. Most gracious and eternal Father, oh Lord, this morning we come thanking you for all the things that you have done, seen and unseen. We thank you, God, for allowing us to be able to praise you even through virtual reality. We thank you, God, for just being God and God alone. We thank you, God, for being an awesome God who teaches us things that we yet not understand. Through these troubling times, Father, you have taught us through this pandemic that there are more important things to life than beyond our own walls. You've taught us that family and loved ones and, and things that we take for granted are the most important thing to us and that we too should stop and see these signs. Oh God, thank you for being the God that as you walk with us and be with us, you teach us to be careful within our own minds. And now Father, as we go through this new crisis, you're teaching us to pay more attention to those things that matter the most. We thank you for our church. We thank you for our pastor and all the things that he has done to make church still church. Even though we can't meet inside these walls, you're still helping him hold us together. And now, Father, as we continue to walk through life and understand that faith is those things that we don't have to see, but they exist. Oh, Father, thank you for being such an awesome God that you teach us that we can still do the things we need to do if we put our minds and hearts into it. And this morning, Father, as we worship you, as these visuals continue to work through you, Father, because we realize that not even these things can be done if you were not in the midst. We thank you again, Father, for being so good to everyone. Even though we are plagued with death and sickness and things that taunt our hearts, you have still shown us that you are in control. You still show us, Father, that you are the ultimate and true God. And if we just lend you our eyes and our hearts and our minds and soul, you have shown us that you are still with us. And this morning, as we continue to lift you up, Father, we say hallelujah to all the things that you have done, the things you continue to do. And through it all, you sacrifice your son Jesus that we too will have the right to the tree of life. You've shown us that even with your sacrifice of one thing that's true and important and loved one to you, you showed us that we too can sacrifice. We now, Father, we thank you for being so good to all those who want to be here this morning. 
But in whatever means, Father, you've shown that just because we can't touch and be around each other, that we can still find a way to communicate in love and hold on to that unchanging hand. I thank you, Father. I love you, Father. And I pray this morning that as we continue to go through this week of this one pandemic, that you would shelter us through it, as you have done so many times before. Thank you for being such an awesome God and being so good to us. I pray this blessing upon this church and all things that it holds, and we continue to give you all the glory, praise, and honor. This is our prayer. In your son, Jesus the Christ's name, we do pray. Amen. 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 Let the church say amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much, Deacon, for being with us on this morning. Deacon Ken Brown, we thank you uh, for just sharing with us and all of our deacons who have been so dutiful in being with us throughout uh, this pandemic. I thank God for the ministry of our, our deacons. Amen. Amen. Listen, do me a great big favor and welcome, welcome uh, our friend. He's a guest, but he's no stranger to us, Mr. John Uzadima. He is our special guest this morning. Uh, wonderful gift, wonderful gift to the body of Christ and a wonderful gift that he has. And we're just godly proud to have you here, godly proud to, to witness uh, how God is using you. And so glad that you're uh, sitting in with the band on this morning to help worship and praise the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. John uh, is a product of, of Madison uh, Madison Central, Madison Central. Madison Central, amen. Does he have his mic on, uh, Mike? Madison Central High School, and yes, I just want to uh, have a moment to introduce him uh, to those who might be watching and who do not know you, John. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is John Uzadema. I'm from Madison, Mississippi, and I started the violin at age of eight years old. I begged my parents to let me play Pastor Buckley, and they, it took me a whole year for them to buy me an instrument because they didn't think I was going to actually stick to it, and so they went and bought the cheapest violin they can find <laughs> but now they my dad tells everybody my son plays the violin so I've been playing ever since and so I went to USM and I got my uh, bachelor's in performance there and then I went to LSU and got my master's there and now I'm back pursuing my doctorate at USM all yeah in, all in violin performance all in violin performance and you yes, will sir. soon be Dr. John amen yes, the sir. real Dr. John yes. <laughs> amen. so glad it's what, a, what an incredible journey and you you just started your doctorate is yes, sir. Uh, that program yes, how many sir. how how much longer do you it's, have it's there? the three-year program and so uh I started my first year this year but now with COVID-19 uh it's kind of put everything on the backtrack so I yeah. have to do my recitals online now instead of actually having an actual recital wow so everything yes, is changing. Yes, sir. Everything is changing. Yes, sir. So, so yes, sir. yeah, because I saw on your Facebook page that you, you were scheduled to do it sometime early April. Is yes, that right? Sir. I was supposed to have it in April at USM. Yeah. But now I have to do it virtually, and so I have to send my professors a video of my performance. Wow. There, and so they'll have to grade it and then get those results back to me. So they'll be watching, what is it, like Zoom or something? Yeah, they'll be watching? Be, yeah, it'll be a Zoom performance. Wow. So it'll be like an hour and 15 minutes, and I'll play all classical repertoire. And so they'll grade me, and then they'll send all of the results back. And hopefully, they'll be good results. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, I've I've been watching you and following you. Your gift is taking you uh, to many places. You played for President Clinton, I believe, and and many other dignitaries. And I think you were at the state capitol earlier this year, yes, uh, and you wowed those people there. I saw it. I saw BuzzFeed, and everybody picked it up. It was circulating Praise online, God. and uh, just how God is using you, amazing in amazing ways. And what a wonderful gift you are. 
uh, to the body and what a wonderful gift God has given you and we're godly proud again that you're sitting in with us and blessing God with us and while you're here let me let me just let you play how about that thank you it's a blessing Amen. to be here God bless you
Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Great is God's faithfulness. Hallelujah. Has God been faithful to you? Hallelujah. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for reminding us of his faithfulness in these times. God has not left us. God has not forsaken us. God is yet with us. And what an awesome reminder that while the world seems to be changing under our feet, God is faithful. Amen. 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 Listen, listen, it's time for us to give now. We pray that you're giving, you're giving as you're ready to give as God has prospered you and blessed you in your giving. It's time for you in your, in your living and in your life. It's time that you give back to God. And so we want you to go online now. If you've uh, know if you have the K Chapel app, go ahead and log on and give in the way that you've been giving already. I want to thank you for the marvelous way that you've been supporting the work of the ministry and supporting the church. You doing an outstanding job, K Chapel, and we thank God for you. And because of you, we're able to continue our ministry in a fine, fantastic way that glorifies God. And so we want you to continue to give. You should see a number on your, in the bottom of your screen as well that you might be able to text and give at this time as well. And we're always, we're always. Uh, accepting and receiving mail so if you want to continue to mail your tithes in you may continue to do that or drop them off during the hours of 10 between 10 and 1 on Friday and Saturday Friday and Saturday between 10 and 1 p.m. amen it's giving time let us give as God has so prospered us the Lord says try me now and see if I will not open you the window of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it won't you give right now
Most gracious Father, we thank you for again another beautiful day. Most importantly, Father, we thank you for these gifts that have been given and earned up to you for your sacrifice. That we can use these gifts for the betterment of this church and the community around us, Father. We thank you for things you're doing and continue to do for our church and all around our church and community. It is your will that it continue to be your glorious and magnificent way. Your son Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 Listen, I hope you're having church at home because I promise you we're having church in this sanctuary. Amen. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Listen, I do want to give you just a few announcements, let you know that we want you to be in prayer. Uh, for many of our families who have experienced bereavement over the last week, uh, please be in prayer for Sister Annie Pearl Sexton and Sister Sharon Alexander. Uh, they both, both lost their brother, Percy Taylor, who lives in Los Angeles, California. Uh, we don't have any details at this, at this time, but please lift them up in your prayers and keep them uh, lifted up and on your hearts. Also, Bobby Naylor, uh, Sister Naylor, Lily Naylor, Bobby lost his uh, mother, uh, Johnny Naylor, who passed away earlier this, earlier last week as well. That service uh, is going to be Tuesday, Tuesday the 28th in Meridian, Mississippi. Tuesday the 28th in Meridian, Mississippi. I want to ask that you uh, keep them in your prayers as well. Michael Taylor's brother, James Earl Taylor, uh, was laid to rest uh, at Mount Moriah in Edwards, Mississippi. So continue uh, to keep them in your prayers. Michael Taylor is the husband of Sharon Taylor. Amen. Also lift up Teresa Lyons, uh, whose mother also was laid to rest earlier this, this past week. Teresa Lyons. And then lastly, uh, Mary Kitchens. Mary Kitchens' brother-in-law, Samuel Kitchen, passed away on last Saturday. That family uh, is asking for your prayers as well. And then I, got a, I received a text uh, early this morning, let me see if I can pull it up. Yes, uh, received a call from Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons' brother, Tony Simmons, transitioned on yesterday. Uh, Deborah Simmons is the sister uh, who is a member here at K Chapel. So lift up the Simmons family as well in your prayers. We have many for whom we need to be praying and, and asking God that he comfort them in this time of loss and bereavement. We know that God is a very present help, amen, in time of trouble, amen. Listen, we want to also thank you again, as I said, uh, while we were preparing for our giving, uh, you have been doing an outstanding job in your giving, and I personally want to thank you particularly uh, for your gifts to the paid fund. We have been able to assist many. Applications have already been processed, and people are already being blessed because of your kindness, because of your, your faithfulness in giving to those who are in need. These are people who we know, people who sit beside us every, every, every other Sunday when we have church in these services, and they have been laid off their hours have been decreased or they have not been able to service uh, their clientele and you have been a blessing to them. Listen, we've been uh, keeping people in their houses and in their apartments because of your gifts. We've been putting food on people's tables, paying people's light bills because of your gifts. And so I want to encourage you, if you're on the other side of this and you have not been affected by this as many of our members have, I want to encourage you this morning to be a blessing to our brothers and our sisters. Go to the paid fund. You can find it at kchapel.org, kchapel.org. Go to the paid fund and make your contribution today. Be a blessing to somebody who's in need. You may never know. It may be you or one of your family members one day. Thank God that you're on the other side and you can
can bless somebody right now. We want to also remind you that we will continue in our Bible study this Wednesday, this Wednesday at 7 p.m. We continue in our Bible study, Essential Faith in a Virtual World. Uh, we have as our special guest this week, our lecturer, Pastor Robert McCallum, who is a pastor of the Priestly Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. He and I will engage in a conversation on eschatology, eschatology, amen. Some of you, amen, eschatology, amen. Look it up, you're gonna impress your friends all this week. Say, we're talking about eschatology at K-Chapel. All it means is we're talking about the end things, the end of times. What does the Bible teach us in the book of Revelation and in the book of Daniel and all of these prophetic books about the end of times? And are we facing some of these end times? Are there signs that we can look at right now that indicate that we're nearing the end times? Reverend Bar Robert McCallum will be our special guest lecturer this Wednesday at 7 p.m. Also, we started something uh, this uh, Friday, I believe it was, Friday, we started pop-up prayer. Pop-up prayer is something that the Lord just laid on my heart late one night or early one morning. I don't remember which one it was right now. The days are running together. Uh, but he said to me, listen, just, just go online. Don't announce it. Don't tell them when they're going on. Just go online. And whoever meets you there is the one who will meet you there. Pop-up prayer. And so we're not going to announce it. We're not going to schedule it. It's nothing that you will see uh, on, your, on your calendar. Just when you see me go live, you know that I'm saying something and I'm praying for you. So pop-up prayer will happen sometime during this week, maybe once, maybe twice, maybe three times. Who knows? Whenever the Lord leads me, we'll do some pop-up prayer. Also, want to remind you lastly, listen, we are still in shelter-in-place orders. Amen, somebody. We are still in shelter-in-place orders. That means, that means that we should still be at home. We should still uh, be doing only those things that are necessary in terms of travel. Uh, I, I know that we are anxious to get on with our lives, but hear me and hear me well. Come close, come close to the screen. Amen. Hear me and hear me well. We are not out of this yet. We are not out of this yet. And because of that, because of that, we need to continue practice social distancing. We need to continue wearing our masks. And I have mine right here. Amen. We need to continue wearing our masks. We need to continue with our hand sanitizer. We need to continue, continue washing our hands. And listen, if you have a cough, if you're sneezing, if you have a fever, go and get tested. Don't assume, don't assume that it's just hay fever, it's just your sinuses. You don't know. Go and get tested. Let your doctor know what's going on and let he or she determine if, in fact, the test is needed. And I would say press your way to get tested because uh, these are things that you just don't want to play with. You don't want to take, make any assumptions or any false conclusions. And listen, let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, I thank the governor for extending the stay-at-home shelter. I know that uh, many other states across the nation are beginning to relax that, and here soon in Mississippi, that will certainly be relaxed at some point. But hear me and hear me well. We need to go slow. Amen. We need to go slow. We need to take our time. And we're not in a rush. Listen, as badly as I want to see you here at K-Chapel, as badly as I want to preach to some faces and not some pews, Amen. I love you more than just wanting to see you. I want you healthy. I want our congregation and our communities to stay healthy. This thing is impacting our communities, communities of color, at a far greater rate than other communities. And for those reasons, we need to be particularly cautious and careful and not rush to do anything or go anywhere. 
where? Amen. You've grown your beard out. It can grow a few more weeks. Amen. A few more months. Amen. Or you might want to go back to your high school and, and college days and pick those clippers up that have been lined up. Put some oil on them. They will work. I promise you. Amen. Do what you have to do, but stay inside. Stay careful. Stay cautious. And let's, let's do our part to continue to flatten the curve. These are our announcements for this morning. Amen. Again, we're thankful to have our special guest, John Uzadima, with us. And before the word of God, we're going to hear one more selection uh, from John. God bless you, John.
It will never, ever lose its power. Amen. 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 I was talking with John before the service began, and I said to him, man, you make the violin cool. It's just a cool instrument, amen, and the style. You got that swagger to go with it, amen. So thank God. Thank God for just your spirit. Thank God for how you carry yourself as a young man, and, and thank God for you using your gift in a way that God is glorified uh, as you play. Amen? amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, join me. Join me in considering a portion of Scripture in the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 24. Luke chapter 24, and I want to begin, verse, begin with verse number 50. Verse number 50, these words you will find recorded. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. It came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And we're continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. I want to talk from the subject this morning, sheltered in place. What to do in the meantime. Sheltered in place. What to do in the meantime. There's a lot of anxiety across America today. People are anxious for a lot of different reasons, anxious about the spread of the virus, anxious for the CDC to develop a vaccine. Some are anxious to get out of the house and get back to work, anxious to restart the economy and reopen businesses, anxious for the shelter at home ordinances to be lifted so that we can return to life as normal. And in our anxiety for things to start moving again, I'm afraid that we will miss the moment of the meantime. I'm afraid that we are missing the value of the meantime. You see, significant things happen in the meantime. Joseph had a dream that he would one day become a great ruler, but in between his dream and its realization, there was the meantime. And in the meantime, he had to deal with having been sold out by his brothers. In the meantime, he had to cope with being put in a prison for a crime he did not commit. In the meantime, he had to watch others get out of jail only to forget what he had done when they got out. And all of that happened before he ever became second in line to Pharaoh himself in the meantime. David was anointed by the prophet Samuel to become the king of Israel. But in the meantime, he had to go back to the pasture and keep sheep. In the meantime, he had to deal with brothers who tried to embarrass him when he showed up for the battle uh, on the battlefield. In the meantime, he had to serve King Saul, who would eventually turn on him and try to kill him. He had to deal with the meantime before becoming the king that God had called him to be. And oftentimes, before, before getting to the next position or reaching the next goal or attaining the next level of success, there is a meantime that actually works to prepare you for where you're going. 
The meantime gives you time and space to become what you need to be, to learn what you need to learn, to experience what you need to experience so that you will be ready for where life will take you and where the Lord will leave you in the meantime, in the meantime, in the meantime, you've got to learn how to handle the meantime, how to hold your position how to shelter in place without losing your mind, how to hold your position without becoming impatient, how to be still without becoming anxious. What does this text have to say? To, to, what does this have to do with the text, preacher? I'm glad you asked because a few Sundays ago, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. A few Sundays from now, we will reference the Savior's ascension into heaven and his return to the Father. But in between the resurrection and his ascension, there is the meantime. In between him getting up and him going up, there is the meantime. After he gets up, but before he goes up, there is the meantime. After he is risen, but before he ascends, there is the meantime. After he robs the grave of its victory, but before he rises up in glory, there is the meantime. After he exits the tomb, but before he steps back into eternity, there is the meantime. And in between the resurrection and the ascension, Jesus basically shelters in place. <laughs> yeah, think about it. He, he's gotten up from the grave, but it wasn't time yet to go to heaven. And he has to shelter in place. He, he has exited the tomb, but it wasn't time to enter heaven. He has to shelter in place. He has completely, he has completed his assignment on the cross, but he could not go yet to heaven to get his crown. He had to shelter in place. He had to hold his position on earth before going to heaven for 40 days. He remained on earth after the resurrection. 40 days he hung around here after he got up he sheltered in place for 40 days and I, I already know some of us some of us would have straight clowned if we had to sit here for 40 days. I mean some of us are clowning right now but but you really would have clowned if you had come from heaven was on your way back to heaven but you had to sit here before you could go think about it some of us clown when our flights are delayed have to stay at the airport too long. So imagine, you've gotten heaven as your destination, your bags are packed, you finished everything, nothing's left undone, and instead of ascending into heaven, you're stuck here on earth, sheltered in place. How did Jesus handle this? And what did he do in the meantime? <laughs> I think if we look at how Jesus sheltered in place, it will help us as we have to do the same. What did Jesus do during this time? How did Jesus spend this time? What did he do in the meantime? In the meantime of the resurrection and the ascension, Jesus is busy doing things, not to prepare himself, but rather to prepare others for their next assignments, for their next level of ministry, for their next task, for their next realities of life after Jesus. Between the resurrection and his ascension, Jesus does some things that provide instructions for us in how we should spend this time sheltering in place. The first thing I want to bring to your attention is the fact that Jesus rebukes the actions of Mary 
He rebukes the actions of Mary. You remember this on the resurrection morning that Mary is one of the women who goes, goes to the tomb to, in order to, to prepare his body for burial. And when she gets there, she sees that the body is not there. And she begins weeping and crying. And she sees a man who she assumes is the gardener. She says, tell me where you've laid him and I'll go and get him. And, and in between her crying, Jesus finally calls her and says, Mary. And when he says, Mary, she stops crying long enough to realize that he was there all the time. Here is Jesus. Jesus, the Savior, had survived. The Redeemer had risen. The Messiah had made his way up out of the grave. And the joy filled her heart because now she is talking and seeing Jesus for himself. And she went to grab him. And in John's gospel, John is recorded as saying to Mary, touch me not. Jesus says, touch me not. For I have not yet ascended to my father. Now, there's something, there's something there, Ken, that ought to make you scratch your head because if you remember, when Jesus was talking to Thomas, he says to Thomas, Thomas, reach hither your finger. Touch me right here. If, if you need to touch me to be proven that I'm arisen, here, here's my hand, here's my side. Touch me and see for yourself. So why would he tell Mary, don't touch me? And yet say to Thomas, here I am. The, the reason, the answer to that question is in the translation. You see, the word that Jesus uses when talking to Mary is the word that is translated to cling to. So Jesus is not saying, don't touch me. What he's saying is, Mary, don't hold me. He's saying, Mary, don't cling to me. Mary, don't hold on to me. You see, because she had been heartbroken. She, she was weary. She was weeping. And now the, 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 the object of her salvation was there right in front of her. And she said, Lord, I let you get out from me one time. But if I can hold you now, I'm never going to let you go. And Jesus said, Mary, let me go. Stop clinging to me. Turn me loose, Mary. Loosen your grip. Watch this so that I can leave and you can learn. Mm. Learn what? Learn what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit. Learn what? Learn how to move from walking by sight to walking by faith. Learn what? Learn how to operate in this new normal of life without me but with my spirit. Learn how to listen to my voice when you can't see my face. Learn. Learn. Let me go, Mary. Turn me loose. Stop clinging to what you used to know and learn how to relate to me in a different dispensation. And I need to talk to somebody this morning because while you're sheltering in place, you're just waiting for things to go back to the way that they were before all of this kicked off. And you have in your mind that once the orders are lifted, you can go back to things as normal. But I need to tell you, there's a new normal. Newsflash, things have changed. Businesses are going to change their models and their modalities. Education, you heard it from John himself. Self-education has changed. Expectations are changing. Systems are changing. Protocols are changing. Delivery methods are changing. How we do what we do is changing. The church has changed. And if you're trying to cling to life as it was before, the way things were before, and you're just going to think you're going to pick up where you left off, you're going to get left behind. Because the world is different now. 
You cannot assume that you can cling on to how things were before COVID-19 happened. You can't assume that things are going to return to the way they were and, and everybody's going to pick up where they left off. See, this is the time that you need to be thinking about your next move, thinking about how you're going to pivot, thinking about what you're going to do differently that's going to make you stand out and move forward and make you a leader in your field and in your profession. The people who are waiting on things to get back the way they were before they this all happened, they're going to be left behind you've got to start thinking now see that's what Mary wanted y'all Mary wanted things to go back the way they were all she wanted was for things to return to normal all she wanted was for things to go back the way it used to be and she could pick up where things left off but Jesus rebukes her and commands her let me go stop clinging to the past let me Go. Stop holding on to what used to be. Let me go. Stop trying to make it like it was. Let me go. Stop clinging on to what was and start preparing for a new normal, a new dispensation, a new reality, a new way of doing things that, that, that's not like it ever was before. Let me go. I need to ask you some questions, beloved. What preparations do you need to be making for this new reality? What pivots do you need to be making for this new landscape? What, what adjustments do you need to start preparing for in this new normal that awaits us post-COVID? While you're sheltered in place, are you just waiting for things to open back up so you can go back to life as you knew it? Jesus was asking Mary to embrace a new normal and leave the old way of their relationship with him behind. Jesus does something else while he's sheltered in place. That's not the only thing he does. Second thing he does, Jesus reaffirms the faith of his followers. Jesus reaffirms the faith of his followers. You can look in, in any number of, of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, and, and see some of what takes place after the resurrection. After the resurrection, there are several sightings of Christ. The gospel writers tell us that he met with two of his disciples on the Emmaus Road. He met with the 11 disciples who were shut up in a house together and Jesus appears in their midst. He met up with Thomas eight days later because Thomas had heard about him being raised, but he said, except I see for myself the print in his hand, I will not believe. He met them on the Sea of Tiberias, which is also the Sea of Galilee. Paul records in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that he is seen by over 500 people at one time. And in each of these meetings, Jesus is talking to them to affirm their faith, to remind them that what is happening is not something that should be surprising them because he had already told them about these things playing out before their very eyes. In essence, Jesus is saying, this should not be taking you by surprise. I told you these things were going to happen. And they have happened just like I said. He said, I told you, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I told you in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. I told you that if they destroyed this temple, I would raise it up in three days. I told you that in this world you would have tribulations, but be of good cheer for I have overcome this world. I told you that all of these things were going to happen and while he was sheltered in place he simply reaffirms for the disciples what he had already told them 
So what things, my question, beloved, is what things do you need to be doing right now so that your faith would be reaffirmed? What should you add to your daily routine in order to deepen your faith walk? You, you, you have much more time on your hands now. Have you used it to read your word more? You have a little more time on your hands now. Have you used it to pray more? You, you have a little more time on your hands now. Have you used it to press into God more? What are you doing with your time? Are you using it to reaffirm your faith? Or are you just watching CNN and all of the reports and, and everything that's negative in the world and that thing is building fear up in you? How are you, is your faith being reaffirmed rather than your fear being increased. Jesus takes the time to reaffirm his disciples' faith while sheltered in place. Last thing, and I'm through. Jesus restores the discipleship and relationships of Peter. Yeah, yeah, he, he, while he is sheltered in place, Jesus takes the time to restore the discipleship of Peter and the relationships of Peter. You, you remember Peter. You remember what Peter did to Jesus. He denied knowing him three times in Jesus' greatest need of hour. Peter disassociates himself from Jesus, turns his back on Jesus, acted like he didn't know Jesus. Jesus who? Je Wait a minute, what Jesus? No, I don't, I don't know him. Peter said, I don't know the man. And, and the record is that Peter denied Jesus when he denied him that third time that the cock began to crow. And Peter remembered that Jesus had told him that he, in fact, would be the one who would deny him. When the cock crew, the eyes of Jesus and Peter locked. And the text says that Peter went away and he wept bitterly. He has failed in his discipleship. Peter has done the very thing that he said, Lord, I'll never do it. He's failed. Have you ever made God some promises? Have you ever told the Lord something that you wouldn't do, that you would never do? You, 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 and you meant what you said when you said what you said, but you lived long enough. And you failed to come through on that promise. Peter failed. And he was devastated. So much so that Peter seems to be returning to the life that he knew before Jesus had called him to follow him. Peter says to the disciples one day, he says, I'm going fishing. Nothing else makes sense right now. I know what I can do. I can go fishing. I was fishing before all this happened. Maybe I can watch this pick it up where I left off. Maybe I can go back to what I once knew, go back to what I understood. Maybe things haven't changed too much in the fishing industry. I can go back to my former life and resume life as I knew it. I'm going fishing. I haven't forgotten how to fish. I still have my nets. I still have my fishing license. I still got some gear and I know somebody who will let me borrow a boat. I'm going fishing. But Jesus, and this is in the 21st chapter of the book of John, Jesus shows up at the Sea of Galilee, exactly where Peter and some of the others had decided to go fishing. I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I'm glad that Jesus knows where to find us. They got there and they went fishing and Jesus was already there. 
I'm glad, godly glad that he knows where to find us. When we're confused and frustrated, the Lord knows where to find us. When we're desperate and depressed, the Lord knows where to find us. You can think that you're going to get away from him and he'll show up and remind you of who you are and whose you are. I'm talking to somebody who's tried to run away from the Lord before and the Lord found you where you were. You thought you were going to hide out and didn't nobody know you and the Lord came and sat right down beside you and talked to you through somebody else and, and shook you and made you understand you can't hide from God and he said to you the same thing that he said to the prophet Elijah when he was hiding in that cave what are you doing here don't tell me God can't find you God can find you in the club you think don't nobody know you God can find you when you're hiding out in your man cave God can find you when you're desperate and depressed and want to leave the whole world alone he'll come and find you Jesus went and found Peter and because Peter had given on himself, given up on himself, Jesus came to let Peter know that he had not. Jesus knew that Peter had some sermons to preach. Jesus knew that Peter had some people to impact. Jesus knew that Peter had some churches to lead. Jesus knew that Peter had some apostles to teach. And so Jesus was not going to give up on Peter, nor was he going to allow Peter to give up on himself. So Jesus, watch this, went and restored Peter from his failure. While he was sheltered in place, Jesus took the time to restore Peter from his personal and public failure. You remember what happened after they'd been fishing a while. Jesus called out to them, said, have you caught anything? Somebody said on the boat, no, they slow today. Jesus said, cast over on the other side. When they did that, text says that they caught a net full of fish. And when that happened, Peter knew instinctively the man calling out to them had to be Jesus. Because remember the same thing had happened before and I need to tell somebody that whatever the Lord has done before, he can do it again. <laughs> if he made a way before, he can do it again. If he performed a miracle in your life before, he can do it again. If he opened doors before, he can do it again. If he defeated your enemies before, he can do it again. Peter jumped into the water and swam to meet Jesus on the seashore. And after the others joined them and ate some fish together, Jesus pulls Peter aside and has a face-to-face -face conversation with him. This part ain't in the text, but I could imagine in my sanctified imagination, Peter. Jesus said, Peter, I, I, I know when you denied me, our eyes locked. I saw you and you saw me and, and, and I know what you were thinking and, and you knew what I was thinking. And we couldn't say anything then, but, but since we couldn't say anything now, I, I really just got three questions to ask you. Uh, Peter, do you love me? That, that, that's, that's all that's all that's all I want to know that's the only question I got for you Peter do you love me Peter said Lord yes I love you Jesus said feed my sheep Peter do you love me second time same question Lord you know I love you feed my lamb Peter, do you love me? Then watch this, Ken. Peter stopped declaring his love and he just said, Lord, you know. 
honestly, I think that was the better answer. I really think, I really think, Lord, you know, was the best answer of the three. It was the shortest, but I'm convinced it was the most accurate because Peter had learned that rather than making grand declarations as he had done before and failing, he just said, Lord, you know. I love you, but Lord, you know me. <laughs> Lord, you know, you, you know, sometimes I talk too big. Lord, you know, Lord, you know, sometimes I put my foot in my mouth. Lord, you know, Lord, you know, I mean well, but sometimes I get ahead of myself. Lord, you know, you know what you're dealing with when you're dealing with me. Lord, you know, Lord, you know, I can be quick to speak and quick to act. And I mean well, but stuff doesn't always end up the way I hope. Lord, you know who I am. Lord, you know how I am. Lord, you know the tendencies that I have. Lord, but you also know my heart. You know that I mean well. You know that I want to serve. You know that I love you. So, Lord, I'm not going to just make grand declarations. I'm going to just put it all out here on the altar. Lord, you know. And here's the point, that while Jesus was sheltered in place, he took time to not only restore Peter's discipleship, but he took time to also restore Peter's relationships. He took time, watch this, because you gotta, you gotta, you gotta imagine, you gotta imagine that the other disciples were feeling some kind of way about Peter. This was the man who, who was always standing up and, and talking about what a great disciple he was. The other ones might do that, but Lord, I never. I, not, not me. You, you need to keep your eye on Thomas. I ain't never trusted him. And Judas, he'd he been crooked from the beginning. But, but Lord, I never betray you. And you got to imagine that those disciples were feeling some kind of way about that man because here he was, the one who was making these grand declarations was the very one. They ain't want nothing to do with Peter. But Jesus said, no, I'm not only going to restore your discipleship, I'm going to restore your relationship with each other. That's why the angel says to those who gathered at the tomb that day, go and tell the disciples and Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter. Why? Because Peter is so dejected and depressed that he's counted himself out. So go and tell the disciples and Peter. Bring him back in. Don't let him excommunicate himself. Bring him back in to the fellowship and the fold. Let me ask you this question this morning, beloved. No hooping this morning. You just got to listen. Come close. Listen. Let me ask you the question this morning. Who needs to hear from you? While you're sheltered in place. While you're sheltered in place, talking about restoring relationships now, what phone call do you need to make? While you're sheltered in place, what relationship do you need to restore? And you can't hide behind your busyness of your schedule right now because you ain't that busy. You have more time on your hands now. So, 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 so you, can't, you can't blame it on your agenda. And you can't say I'm going to get around to it. You, you can't act like you don't have time. You're sheltered in place. Who needs to hear from you? Who do you need to hear from? Peter was dejected. And to some degree he had been rejected. And 
the only thing that could bring him back was Jesus. Only a word from Jesus could restore him. Only a conversation with Christ could restore him. Only a meeting with the Messiah could restore him. Just <laughs> a little talk with Jesus. Yes. So who, with whom do you need to talk? Who's waiting to hear from you right now? What phone call do you need to make while you're sheltered in place? I challenge you this morning to be a minister of restoration. I challenge you this morning to do what Paul said. Galatians 6 and 1, he said, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, Restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. Yeah, that, that's your responsibility. That's our responsibility. We who are spiritual, we who, who, who say we believe in God, we, we who say we're born again, baptized, fire, Holy Ghost, fear, we, we who say we love the Lord, you who are spiritual, restore. What relationships do you need to restore? Don't tell me how, how much you love the Lord if you don't love your neighbor. Don't tell me how much you love God if you can't pick up the phone and call your girlfriend. The girlfriend you fell out with. I ain't talking about no booze on the side. I'm talking about girlfriend to girlfriend. Amen. Get it straight. Who do you need to call? What brother do you need to repair fences with? What sister do you need to say I'm sorry to? What grown-up do you need to acknowledge? I disrespected you. Mm, I'm talking to you two children. This, while you're sheltered in place, is not just a time for you to wait to get back to normal. It's a time for you to restore and to be restored. I want to challenge you today, beloved. I want to challenge you today to let the Lord restore you, deepen your faith, affirm your faith in and through all of this. But then as you are strengthened, that you go and do the work that is yours to do. Make the phone call. Restore it now. Why not? Why not? Why are you still putting that off? You should have done it a long time ago. You know it. You should have made that call a long time ago. When we end this service, and I'm going to pray for you, that God gives you the strength. But when we end this service and when we sign off, you need to start. Listen, the church has left the building. So you need to go and be the church right now. Engage in restoration right now. And listen, for those of you who need spiritual restoration, the good news this morning is that Jesus waits to restore you. He restores your heart. He restores your mind. He restores your spirit. He restoreth my soul. That's what the psalmist said. And I want to pray for you, beloved. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me pray you into that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. All you have to do is say these words with me. Say, Lord, here I am. 
You know who I am. You know how I am. But God, right now, I'm giving myself to you. I believe today that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe right now that he rose again from the dead. And I believe right now and I accept him as Lord and Savior of my life. Come into my heart. Make me a new creature. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, if you prayed that prayer, I want to welcome you to the family of God. I want to welcome you, amen, to the body of Christ. You have just been saved. And salvation is a beautiful gift that's once given, it can never be taken away. For the Bible says that nothing shall be able to pluck us out of the Father's hand. What I want you to do now is take another step. Take one more step. Call the number that's on your screen right now. There's somebody waiting on that line to talk with you, to lead you into the next step of how you live out that faith and how you come to grow closer in your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The good news this morning, beloved, is that God restores God restores welcome welcome to the body of Christ God restores hallelujah living testimony <laughs> yeah 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 God restores God restores God restores if you know it you can sing it with me God restores hallelujah somebody's been broken somebody's been down but good news this morning God restores oh bless his name <laughs> Somebody ought to lift those hands this morning. I'm a living witness. God restores. God restores. My God, my God. Oh, bless you, God. Oh, God, God restores. And listen, he does a complete job. He restores my mind. He starts at the top. He restores my mind. He restores my soul. 
in his healing hands I've been made whole he makes my life complete my reunion is so sweet I'm a living testimony I'm a living testimony oh I've been broken but he restored me I've been hopeless but he restored me I've been down but he restored me I've been depressed but he restored me oh bless you God Thank you for restoration. Amen. Thank you for restoration, which brings about communion. The fact that we are restored, the fact that relationships are restored, the fact that we are together means that we can celebrate unity. And that's what we've come to do this morning. Listen, if you don't have your cup, your wafer, or your juice, listen, I want you to go to your cabinet right now. Go ahead and get a cracker go ahead and get a piece of bread whatever you have handy because we know this that the power is not in the symbols these are but symbols that represent the body and the blood of Jesus Christ so if you were not able to come by and get your communion cup go ahead go ahead I'm going to give you a moment I'm going to give you a moment to go and get your cup go and get your bread go to your cabinet amen get that cabinet Get that salt to you. Or Ritz, Ritz is fine. Amen. I, you don't have to put the Ritz up. The Ritz works. Amen. Captain Wafer, that works too. That works too. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath that flood. Lose all their guilt. Guilty stain.
And he took bread, break it and blessed it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Likewise, in the same manner, he took the cup and blessed it, saying, this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the remission of sin. As often as we do this, we do show forth his death and suffering until he comes again. Let us drink together. When they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. <clears throat> Amen and amen. God bless you. John, thank you so much for sharing this Lord's Day with us. Thank you so much to our musicians, our musical staff for being here, Deacon Brown, to Shannon and Mike. Listen, I also want to thank those. There's another team of people who work in the background. You never see them, uh, but they're there making sure that the business of the church takes, is taken care of. They come in during the week. Um, and then they come in on Sundays to count money. I want to thank that business team and finance team working in the backgrounds to make sure that all of the business of the church continues uh, to be taken care of in an expeditious manner. You all are doing a fantastic job back there as well. Amen. They're never in front of the cameras, but I promise you, I promise you they're doing a splendid job for us here as well. And so if you will, continue to keep them in your prayers. Listen, I want to do something else. One thing, this came to me last night. I want you to do something. There are, there are a lot of essential workers who we have discovered are essential. You know what I'm talking about. We didn't think a whole lot about them until now, but this situation has deemed them and seared in our minds just how essential they really are. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the people who check out your groceries. I'm talking about the young man who who brings the groceries to your car now and takes them back, or the young lady who takes it back. Those are essential workers, and we've been praying a lot for our healthcare workers and, and for those who are on the front lines, but I need to say uh, these are some frontline workers too. 
They're not getting paid. They're not getting paid a whole lot. So I want to I want to ask you to do something. Listen, uh, when you go to the stores this week, I want you to seal up. I want you to seal up five or ten dollars. Have it pre-sealed. Have it ready to go. Amen. And when that person comes and brings you your groceries, or when you that person finishes uh, checking you out, listen. You bless them. Be a blessing to them. Tell them I appreciate you. I'm praying for you. You are essential to us and give them a little something. Amen. 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 Everybody needs some help right now. Everybody needs some help right now. And we can be a blessing in so, so many, so many ways. So let's do that. Let's figure out ways to bless people. And you don't have to tell anybody about it. Amen. Let that just be between the Lord and you. Go on about your business and bless somebody else. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. We'll see you next Sunday.